Hi, my name is Sharon Shimanova, and this is Chai Podcast. Chai Pod fam, there will be no intro this week. Unfortunately, we are resorting back to season one ways. It is 8.26 p.m. on Saturday, May 7th, the day before the teaser for this episode is being released. We uh, absolutely get brownie points for planning ahead. Your girl is stressed. It is final season. This week, I am joined by my partner, my best friend, my boyfriend, all the same person, if that wasn't clear. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) We are recording on Zoom, so if the audio is not very good, I apologize in advance. Okay, so should we do rapid fire questions and like get comfy first? Or should we just talk about like go right into how difficult it was to record this episode? Uh, Yeah, definitely want to mention how difficult it was to record this episode. I think it seems a lot easier when you're listening. Yeah. But when like you're actually in front of a microphone and like in the hot seat per se, definitely a different vibe. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's literally like, asking anyone who's backstage at like a Broadway show to get on the stage and go and do a musical. Obviously they're going to be like, what the fuck? But when I first asked uh, Johnny to be a guest, I really didn't think that it was going to be like a big deal because he plays a very like essential role in all of the episodes that I put out. He listens to every single episode, you know, to clear it, make sure that it's fire. I think that I think my, my pilot, he might've listened to like what, how many takes did it, did it did you listen to? Probably like anywhere from three to five takes. No, it was so much more. Like I'm all, talking about like final cuts. Oh no, not final cuts. Like in general, how many audio oh, no. voice recordings did you listen to? Probably like twelve. Yeah, it was bad, but yeah, I mean, I think that it's really hard to record an episode, especially when we're talking about something that's so personal and we're conditioned from such a young age to not share very much and not have these conversations, which like that can be applied to any episode, but with the relationship episodes, I feel like it's even more amplified because it's like, yeah, we're talking about how relationships are perceived in the community and this like hypothetical thing, but then in the real world, obviously we are Baharians, first-generation Baharians having these awkward moments, having these relationships, situationships, like going through it on a day to day. So something that's so like inherently personal just feels entirely unnatural to talk about. Right. And it's also, I think a lot of the way I view this topic is to try and not put people in boxes and to remember that everyone's their own individual, but it's difficult to say that and then continue by kind of generalizing and putting people in boxes, but I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I think it does. I mean, you don't want to, like, you don't want to come off as a hypocrite. You don't want to come off as an asshole. Like, that's not what we're trying to do, you know? Right. Um, And I think, like, when we're, especially when we're talking about, like, how, um, like, how people behave in relationships or how people perceive relationships, like, it's important to like make clear that like these are just our opinions i'm not like fact checking about making sure that everybody's feelings aren't heard or all that other shit like it's just 
me having a real conversation and speaking from experience. So not necessarily to like offend or pick at someone or attack someone. I always say if someone is attacked by my episodes, you're just not listening clearly enough. And if somebody is so offended by anything that I've said, it's probably just because of like a personal problem. It's not really like, not really to do with what I'm saying. I think that's also important to say because sometimes people forget that this is just a conversation between two people and it's a platform for people to feel like they're heard regardless of their opinion. So it's, it's difficult coming on here and trying to be as vulnerable as possible and as honest as possible. But at the same time, being kind of scared or worried that like people might take it out of context or you might insult some people. But it's important to remember that at the, end of the, at the end of the day, this is just a conversation and people sharing their opinions. Yeah, we're really at the Shabbat table, just talking. Right. Like- and it isn't meant to be something that like should be perceived as talking shit or like I remember when we just started the journey of Chai podcast. You always emphasize that you don't want to paint the town red. You don't want to just go around pointing fingers at everyone and you just want to make sure that there's a genuine vibe and that people understand where you're coming from. I think that's very difficult, especially within our community where we're very comfortable in our little bubble. So anything that's foreign to us does kind of sound an alarm. That's the thing though, is like that was anticipated. Do you know what I mean? Like it's really difficult to say that like, some of the things that I was saying or the tone that I might have used was pretentious or I was like attacking anyone or any of that because I knew very well that that wasn't my intention. I put in the work to make sure that that wasn't going to come to, wasn't going to be a problem because that's exactly right. I didn't want to paint the town red. I didn't want to seem like I'm just throwing a fucking hand grenade into 108 street and just seeing what remains. Like that's not the point. And that doesn't, mean that the people that come on my show or even myself that I perceive myself as holier than thou or like better than others at all that's not really the case I'm this entire process is my therapy this is my passion like this is how I get more connected with myself and how I really feel aside from all the external bullshit so yeah I mean it's really important to keep in mind that like, this is such an inherently personal thing for me, this entire platform and the process of creating it was so personal that when people view it as like a marketing tactic or like a publicity stunt or like a, a me, like a measly attempt of like becoming an influencer, like that's not the goal at all. I just, yeah. Yeah. No, no one's pushing anything. We're not trying to sell anything. It's, it's just getting the point across that things need to change. Like we're in the year 2022. We are looking and into the future and things just need to change. Going through like the process of really understanding our identities is so hard and it's so difficult to do on our own. Why would, why would I want to do it by myself if I can do it with other people who might have like a leg up on it or might know something that I don't? And I'm actively learning. I'm actively learning and unlearning. Also, it's important to like realize or note maybe that we do live in a very secretive community. Yeah. We're taught from a young age, like to not share things with other people. For example, like personal feelings or things that happen at home or whatever the case might be. So 
to come on here and to have such vulnerable conversations, it does kind of seem unnatural. But I, th- I appreciate the fact that you're, you're trying to make it a mainstream thing. And I mean mainstream in the sense of you're trying to make these conversations cool, which they should be. Because at the end of the day, we're just bettering each other as a community. Building off of that, I think that it's important to take everything that's said here with a grain of salt and to be considerate of how difficult these things are to have a conversation about and to be honest about, especially on a platform that is trying to make these things like mainstream or quote unquote, like more accessible and more normal. Let's get a little comfortable. Let's get the listeners to know a little bit more about you. We're going to do a little bit of a rapid fire situation, rapid fire cues. I think you've prepared some for me as well. Of course. Okay. (laughs) Okay. How old are you? 23. What is your zodiac sign? Capricorn. Favorite food? Sushi. Childhood nickname? Shironi. (laughs) (laughs) City or nature? Mm, That's a hard one. City. Open your iTunes app and Mm. press shuffle play on downloaded songs. You got to make sure we don't get any uh, copyrighted infringements. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but make sure that you've like exited it. You know what? I'll do it with you. The first song that comes up. Damn. Right. Damn, damn, I don't want to. <laughs> you just no, got to per- say it. No, just say it. Oh, you don't want to play it? No. Just... Okay, it's a good one. <laughs> you can't lie, though. It has. I need no, to. Why would I lie? Here. Which one is yours? I got Pop Smoke Paranoia. I got Bad Bunny MIA featuring That's Drake. That's a good song. That's a good song. His new like album is fire. I like yours better. Okay. Your turn. Okay, last book you read. Mm, I am currently reading Diane Vreeland's, Diana Vreeland? Diane Vreeland's uh, autobiography. Favorite vinyl you own? Mm, Frank Ocean. Mm. Damn. I don't know. It's a tough question. It's like asking who's your favorite, who's your favorite child, you know? Who's your favorite child? You're equating your vinyl collection to children. Okay, this is supposed to be a rapid fire segment. What is going on? Okay, ask again. I know the answer. Now. No, I don't need to ask again. Pink Floyd. No, but like. <laughs> <laughs> this is not fair. You need to stick with one. You're disqualified. This is far too long. Damn. The first gut instinct, you said Frank Ocean. That's the correct answer. Yeah, but which album? Okay, Frank Ocean Blonde. I was literally just going to say Blonde. Yeah, Frank Ocean Blonde. Okay, next final on your hit list. Probably the Harry Styles album, if it's good. Okay, now that we've dipped our toes in, we got a little bit comfortable. We know who we're dealing with. I think it goes without saying that this, this conversation is primarily going to be rooted in relationships, marriage, more so relationships. I just feel like the overall vibe when it comes to approaching romantic relationships, how we approach other people, how we approach the concept of commitment and all of these other things, the stigma around dating in the community, the pressures of, you know, dating for marriage and exclusively for marriage. What are your intentions and all that, all that good stuff. So starting pretty broad, I feel like this will get our conversation moving in like the right direction, more or less. What do you think is wrong with the way that most Baharian people in our generation approach romantic relationships? And why do you think that it's detrimental to our community in the long term? I think that 
one of the major problems is everyone's rushing to get married at a young age. So the dating culture within our community is very short-lived. In all reality, it's making assumptions and fitting people within a certain box based on what you heard about them or what you might know about them. It's very surface level. It's never like, okay, let's sit down. Let's have a conversation. Like, what are you looking to do in the future? Do you have any like goals? Do you have any plans, aspirations? And although that conversation might happen, I think it's more, it stems more around who is your family? Who are your parents? Yeah. Where do you come from? I feel like when people are at the age when they're ready to date, sometimes they go on dates that are arranged by their parents or like other family members. And typically people are arranged with people within their category. And I use that with large air quotes, but that puts a lot of pressure on everybody in the situation. And I can obviously only speak on my experience as a man within the community. And I can say for a fact that that put a lot of pressure on me growing up and into my 20s because I always felt like I didn't fit within the category of like the ideal Bukharian man. So I come from a divorced family and I always felt like that would be used against me when it was time to meet the girl's parents. I always felt that I had to bring something to the table that would make me stand out from the rest of the people. So that always made me feel like I needed to overcompensate given the fact that I didn't come from the perfect family or that I don't have the perfect background. Like I've heard guys getting rejected by girls' parents because they came from a divorced family or because their family wasn't wealthy or because like their, their parents were born in a particular town in Uzbekistan. Like, bro, we're in America. Yeah. Like none of this should matter. Like, okay, yes, it should play a certain factor, but should it really matter if you're, if your child is in love with a person? The way that the stunt culture really influences like a young mental and like a young person that's going through these really impressionable years, really important years, trying to figure out where they fit into things. And I mean, like growing up is fucking awkward and weird anyway. But when you're also trying to, on top of like grander society's pressures of like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And like, how much money are you going to make? And all of these things, of course, exist on like the broader macro scale. But in our community, it's kind of like doubled, if not tripled, because at least I think in in other circumstances or in other environments, it's like, that's just one of the things that you talk about, as opposed to when we're approaching relationships in our community specifically, it's a very transactional. It's, it's almost like a job interview. Do you know what I mean? Like, what are your, um, what is the word I'm thinking of? Qualifications. qualifications. Yes. What are your qualifications? Like, what do you bring to the table? And then how does that relate to what everyone else is bringing to the table? And it's really just a matter of like negotiating and reaching a settlement as opposed to like a genuine connection between two people. Coming back to the whole stunt culture, I just think that it's very toxic. That forces people at the age of like 18, 19 to start already thinking, okay, what am I doing with my future? What's my career goal? And how am I going to start making a million dollars a year by the time I'm 22? Because it seems like everyone else in our community is doing that. But in all reality, that's not the case. And that just puts all this unnecessary pressure on people growing up in our community to maintain the same status quo. No one's going to say it. No one's going to just stand up on the pedestal and say, yeah, I'm tired of maintaining this like facade that I need because in order for me to like fit into the whole society of the Bukharan community, I need to look the part. 
everyone's trying to grow up so quickly because we're required to get married so quickly and we're required to meet our soulmates, right? And that's like the root of all of our happiness, allegedly. So of course that puts all this pressure on us to like boss up and be mature and be like in the right headspace to approach these kinds of like lifelong decisions when we're literally like 17, 18 years old. When you first started dating, how did you approach relationships? And was it in that same kind of typical categorical way? I mean, like take us back to like, you know, the, the first kind of concepts of like little you. I remember being a kid, like looking back now, I was a kid, but I was like 14, 15 years old, you know, hormones raging into high school. And I mean, dating girls in the Bukharian community, it became very apparent and evident that I won't fit in very well. And I think it's pretty fucking crazy that like, even at 15, it's the same exact thing applied when you're like 20, the same exact. Yeah, it was, it was clear. Like the standards are literally the same across the board. Also because I come from a very large family on my dad's side. So I have a lot of cousins that are close in age with me. And a lot of them that are older than me by like five, six, seven years. So I got to see dating in the community through them first. And I just saw many things that disgusted me. I, I remember one of my cousins was dating and he was dating this girl for a very long time. And they were already in college approaching their graduation from college. And they thought that it was the right time to introduce each other to their parents. And when he met her parents, they essentially didn't approve of them dating because of him coming from a family where one of their family members was disabled. And the narrative around that was, you don't want him to, in 10 years from now, need to take care of that family member and through that, basically give you less attention. That's horrible. Like, that's genuinely horrible. Right. So that's just one of the many things that I've heard, but that was like the one thing that stood out to me the most. I was like, wow. Like, this is really what it comes down to at the end of the day. Just anyone that doesn't come from the perfect nuclear family, I feel like they're branded in our community. And that puts a lot of pressure on children. That's what everyone forgets. Because adults talk, and when adults talk, we usually forget that children are always listening. And these are things that kids grow up with on their mind. And me being one of those kids, I always felt like I just didn't belong in this community. I just felt like I was an outcast. I didn't fit in any particular category. I was friends with people from Jamaica States, from Forest Hills, from Regal Park, from Brooklyn, from the city, like from everywhere. And I always tried to see where I fit in best. And I just always had a sense of, I will never be accepted in this community whether that's because my parents are divorced, whether that's because I moved a bunch of times from, to, from one neighborhood to the other. I just never felt like I would belong. And I know for a fact that there are other kids that are growing up in our community that feel the same way. So it's very unfortunate that we just continue this toxic cycle of putting people into boxes and categorizing people and judging people on such surface level things that we overlook the toll that it takes on other people. Yeah. And I think it's very ironic that we're such a small community and we're all about like staying within the community and like we're strong when we're together, but 
right when we're done giving that speech, we go and we talk shit about each other behind each other's backs. So are we really together as a unit or are we just pretending? Like, Because it, it kind of feels like we're pretending. Yeah, seems mixy to me. Right. But, and I mean, like, it's it's crazy to think of how not only it takes this toll on us, but on especially kids that are so young. But in addition to that, it's the way that we're preconditioned to categorize people, right? And then obviously when we're approaching relationships in this like standard categorical way obviously that doesn't sound like an environment where two people are really open to getting to know each other like if i'm sitting at this table and i'm judging you you're judging me we're evaluating each other's resumes so to speak how how is there really room for true connection it makes everyone feel like they need to be on their best behavior we fail to realize that there's more to dating than just that. I just feel like dating culture in our community is so short-lived and that prevents people from actually getting to know each other. And it also prevents people from actually getting to know themselves because you're so accustomed to putting this facade of yourself out there and essentially you're on all these dates with a mask on. You want to say the perfect thing. You want to act the perfect part for you to hopefully get a second date and to see where these like where this goes and usually it's marriage it's just so terribly unfair and i'm not going to sit here and pretend like that i'm not totally guilty of of doing that that i'm not guilty of categorizing people or, and i'm not guilty on of like projecting my standards my insecurities and my worries about where i fit into the community on buharian guys that i was like set up with or that I like pseudo dated, you know, like I straight up used to say to two people's faces, like to guys that I was dating, like to guys that I was like on one date with, I'd be like, yeah, Baharian boys either are wasting time or have no time to waste. Which category are you in? And it was interesting because like, I didn't even care. Like the point, the point, the point of the question was not even to get a real answer. It was just to make the person feel like deeply uncomfortable. And I think I was it was rooted essentially in like me just trying to prove that like, it's so true. But looking back, nobody that I asked that question to felt comfortable enough to answer it. You know what I mean? And it's fucked up, but it doesn't make any sense. And it's horrible. And of course I'm like, that was tragic. But at the same time, I can turn back and be like, I understand why that happened. And because I understand why that happened, I can strive for something better. And that's where I think it's, it, that's where I think like the disconnect happens is that people are constantly doing the same things, getting into these same mechanical relationships, walking away, being like, that was a shit show and being like, huh, well, let me just do the same thing all over again. See if it makes sense this time, as opposed to taking a minute and being like, why is this happening? Is it the way that I'm approaching the relationship? Is it something that's like rooted inside of me? Like just taking a step and really reflecting, really checking in with yourself. With this whole like, the Bukharian boys are either wasting time or have no time to waste. I just felt like I never really fit into that category. So I never wanted to date within the community. I also knew that I didn't want to get married anytime soon. Yeah. So I, I like you said, you're either wasting time or have no time to waste. I didn't want to waste anyone's time. I didn't want to date a girl for three years for me to like at the end of the day be like hey yeah I don't want to marry you and then she's gonna feel like I put her in this awful position because now she can't get married knowing that just being aware and like being compassionate to like other people and not being a total egomaniac you'll be like all right, all right. 
I'm not down for this. I'm not trying to like stir the pot or be this like tornado in this other person's life and just create issues for myself or this other woman. Like I'm just, you know, I'm not ready for it. And I'm, I think that it's something that is absolutely commendable. And I grew up in a predominantly feminine household with two sisters and I was hyper aware of what dating in the community could do to a girl. So I never wanted to label a girl as like, for example, oh, that's Johnny's ex. Even going into my 20s, I always told myself that I'm going to avoid dating in the community at all costs. For me, dating was always a large part of it was getting to know another person and getting to know myself through this person, getting to experience life through another person's eyes and with another person. And through dating people, you learn what you like, what you don't like, what you look for in another person. You, you essentially get to understand exactly what you would like in a partner. And it's difficult to do that when all you're doing is essentially flash dating in order to find a husband quick, as quick as possible or a wife as quick as possible. Exactly. I mean, I guess then this perfectly leads into like the follow-up question of like, did that change or did your approach to relationships change when you got a little bit older, closer to your twenties, closer to that kind of like pivotal moment where people are like, so what's happening? Who are you dating? Like, can I give your phone number out? All of that stuff. As I approached my twenties, I started to reclaim what it meant to date in my own head. And I became more open to the idea of dating people in our community, from out of our community, from anywhere. I, and to be honest with you, I didn't really care if they were Jewish or not, because at the end of the day, I knew that I wasn't looking to get married at the age of 20 or even anywhere in my like earlier mid twenties. Yeah. And even if that would happen, it's kind of like, if love, it's love is love. Do you know what I mean? Like right. whatever, whatever happens, happens. You weren't limiting right. yourself to that. And even if I did fall in love, which I did, I knew that I just wanted that to blossom into something that was beautiful and not rush into something like marriage or getting engaged or even living together, which all of these steps are there for a reason. And yes, in our community to live with someone before you're married is a very taboo thing. And yes, I understand why, but there's always two sides to a coin. I feel like the steps of dating are essential, not only to get to know the other person, but to know if they're a good fit for you. I think that the approach should always be with longevity in mind. And it shouldn't be to like get married ASAP because all of your friends are getting married and you don't want to be like the outcast. I always saw marriage as something that lasts forever. So in order for me to be certain in this lasting forever, I need to know you as a person and I need to get to know myself as I evolve into an adult and as I fit into what life is, if that makes sense. Absolutely. No, I totally feel that. People always overlook the individualization of it all. And what I mean by that is people always look at who is your family? Who are your parents? Where are you from? But that, that takes the pressure away from being 
an overall good person yourself. I might, I can come from the perfect family, have the perfect parents, check off all your boxes, but I could still be a piece of shit at the end of the day. Exactly. I could still have an ego. I could still have this narcissistic complex about myself, but I come from the perfect family. Yeah. You know? And I think it like also, there's just no pressure to really be like in tune with who you are. Do you know what I mean? Like, because we're so used to like, oh, who's your parents? Who's your grandma? Like, that's how people categorize you. That's how people process your existence. So you don't really have an idea of who you are. There's no point where you're like, what do I like? Like if someone said, tell me about yourself. Like there, there have been so many times where I've been like, tell me about yourself. And the guy is literally like, uh, what kind of question is that? And I'm like, what kind of question is that? What else would you prefer that I ask you? Do you know what I mean? There's like, did I miss the questionnaire? Did I not get the memo? Isn't it all about who we are as individuals and how we, how we interact with the other person? But in this bubble, it's like, that's the last thing that you worry about. It's like, oh, here are all of these great qualifications. Oh, and by the way, he's a nice guy. He's a nice, he's a gentleman. That's like the last thing that you consider. I feel like another big part of dating and marriage in our community revolves around the concept of leaving home. People feel very confined in their parents' home, understandably, because who wouldn't? Who doesn't want to start living an independent life? But people correlate living an independent life with getting married when we forget that we could live on our own before getting married. And through that, you get to know yourself as a person. I feel, I always found that it was very important to, and this, is, this was honestly a pillar of our relationship where from day one, the standard was set. I have my own shit going on. You have your own shit going on. We're both, uh, we're both on a track to attain greater goals. And we had to make sure that we wouldn't get in each other's way. Absolutely. And through that, I feel like we were both able to evolve and blossom into the people that we are today. But I think the fact that you live alone and I live alone helped play a major part in that as well, because it gave us a sense of independence where we weren't using one another as a crutch, but we were using one another to uplift each other and for support. Yeah. I think that the way that I view relationships is really like exactly like you said, we're on our own tracks. It's just, we're making the conscious decision to be parallel to one another, to be right. Like to, we might not be step in step. We might not be at the exact same stage, but we're just making the conscious decision to respect each other's life goals, each other's, you know, interests, hobbies, passions, and be there to support one another. We're not interjecting and preventing each other from achieving these things you know it's just making the conscious decision to be parallel to one another during that process and learning from one another yeah i think that that's very important in any relationship because i always felt that i wouldn't be able to find someone that's buharian that i can share these thoughts and feelings with so through dating you i realized that it is possible Obviously, like we've touched on this a little bit in our conversation and like the pressure of marriage, how that's desensitized. 
a lot of us to what a lifelong commitment really is. I don't think it's possible to fully grasp the idea of marriage at the age of 19 or 20 years old. I don't even understand it now. Do you know what I mean? Like the, I'm not, I can't say that I understand it. I have, a, I can barely commit to myself every day. I need to wake up and commit to myself, commit to my existence, to my experience and my life, let alone like being expected to make some sort of commitment. And listen, if you're ready to make that commitment, that's not what we're talking about. I'm specifically talking about a situation where you're making that commitment and you're making that decision, not out of your own free will, but rather because of the community pressures or because the pressures from your parents or from your relatives or from your friends or whatever. If there are external forces that are influencing your decision, a decision that you're going to have to live with. I only truly believe that someone can make that kind of commitment and genuinely mean it when they fully and wholeheartedly understand who they are. Right. If that commitment is made before then, it's just really volatile, in my opinion. In the most stereotypical way, men and women look for different things when it comes to marriage within our community. When a man looks for a wife in this community, it holds less weight. As long as she can cook, clean, and look after your kids, anything else can be found elsewhere. So as long as she fits in that category of housewife, anything else can be found outside. I feel like this is OD, but like, whatever. Go off. It all just ties into cheating at the end of the day. Even more than that, it ties into gender roles within our community. Because when it comes to marriage specifically, women are expected to do certain things. And if they don't do those things, she is looked at as a bad wife, as a bad mother. And there's all this negative connotation that surrounds it but when it comes to a man there's often an unlimited list of excuses oh he's tired from working all day he he brings the money home he gets you all these designer stuff he takes you on vacation like what more can you ask for but what we fail to do is hold men accountable in our community. Yes. And I think that it's very important just to hold everyone accountable for themselves, especially in the community. Like stop making excuses for toxic men. Stop making exactly. excuses for people that are genuinely shitty. Like just stop making the excuses for your toxic friendships, for your toxic relationship. Who cares? Literally know that you have every single right to control your own life. At the end of the day, you are the person that is waking up and living it. Nobody else's. So yeah, your parents might be telling you and that this is the right decision for you or that they need you to get married by a certain point or you know that like you need to get married as soon as possible. But you need to make sure that that decision is your own and you're ready to be accountable for that decision. You're gonna hold yourself accountable to that decision. Also, I just feel like most of the time within our community, when it comes to marriage, men look for, they just want a mom 2.0. <laughs> they just want a mom 
They want a mom 2.0 that can conceive children for them, preferably boys. It's literally just a mom that they can have sex with. Like that's really- I don't want to be graphic, but yeah, essentially that's all it is. (laughs) Literally, they just really, really have a mommy complex. And obviously this isn't everybody, but I realized that there's, it's almost the fear of powerful and intelligent women within our community. It's just important to go into a relationship knowing who you are and knowing where you want to go. I mean, it's almost forbidden for women in our community to be like, "Mm, no, I know my worth. I absolutely know my worth and I'm not going to stand for this shit. And I'll tell you this much, the next time that a Baharian man asks any of you ladies or anybody, oh, what kind of food do you know how to make? Or we're sitting with one of our friends and they were like, oh my God, we were being sarcastic, obviously. And he was like, how dare you? You don't know how to make box. Girl, the next time some guy says that to you, you look him straight in the face and you say, do you know how to make pull off outside? Do you know how to use a hairdryer to create a fire? And do you know, do you know how, to- how to light a mongol? <laughs> do you know how to light a mongol? That's the real question. Don't do not worry about me and my box because that shit is easy to learn how to make. Do you know how to put Vodka on a stick? <laughs> <laughs> no, but straight up, like if you don't know how to how to do any of that, get the fuck out of my face. Hold these men accountable. I know for a fact that I have this opinion because I have two sisters and all I do is push them to go further and to achieve more in life and to become a person because at the end of the day, that's the most important thing. You have to be an individual that is confident to stand on their own two feet. Regardless of what anybody says, you have to be certain in who you are. And I think the issue with getting married at a young age or rushing into commitment at a young age is people skip the phase in their life where they get to know themselves. And instead of getting to know themselves as an individual, they get to know themselves through the lens of a partner or a girlfriend or a boyfriend. And in part, that then puts their own priorities to the side and their priorities get mixed in with the overall priorities of the relationship. And I think that that stops people from reaching their full potential. The one thing I always tell, especially my younger sister, is before you think about marriage or dating, the first thing on your mind should always be your education and becoming the best person that you can become. And through that, you find your partner, you find your friends, and you find yourself, essentially. One very important thing that I feel like we overlook as a community is education. And obviously, through time, more people within our community are seeking an education. There is still a sense of an education is unnecessary. Yeah, like what's the point, right? Right. And especially for women in our community. So when it comes to them deciding if they want to go to grad school or get married and have a child, that's a huge decision to make. And that's a very hard decision to make. Yeah, especially when we're conditioned to believe that those things are mutually exclusive. Exactly. That there's no conceivable way that you as a Baharian woman could possibly manage 
being in a relationship and investing in yourself and investing in your future. And I mean, like, is that completely bullshit? Yes. Is it hard? Absolutely. Nobody said it was easy. Nothing that's worth it is ever easy. That's just a fact. But it really comes down to whether you're willing to set aside all of those goals and aspirations and all of the potential that you hold in order to channel all of that into this like stereotypical role. And obviously when you're faced with that kind of decision at such a young age, what decision are you gonna make? It doesn't even really seem like a decision at that age because it doesn't seem like you have much of a choice. Made for you. Yeah, the decision is made for you and you don't even know it. I feel like it's very important for us to remember that this is our life. Like we only live one time. Like this is our life and it basically it it is what you make it. Yeah. We can sit here and do things to make everyone else happy or we can do things that actually make us that actually make us happy. And it doesn't have to be like you said they're not two mutually exclusive things. You could be happy and make everyone else happy at the same time. But it's important to always put yourself first. Exactly. Because I feel like one of the ways that I started looking at life is your life is essentially a collection of all of the all of the decisions that you've made thus far. Every decision you make steers you into a certain direction in life. And these are the things that we're going to have to live with. So it's always important to do things because you want to do it and because you feel like it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Absolutely. Be your own person. Absolutely. I think it's also just so difficult to be aware of that when it's happening because I feel like things are moving so quickly in our community. Things move so quickly. We are moving at exponential rates. Our ability to even have these conversations at our age, insane, not normal, not a and thing. A big thing is I realize that people forget that they have a voice. Exactly. The importance of that is obviously you want to make the people around you happy. And obviously you want to make sure that you're happy. The people around you are happy, et cetera. I, at least for me, I'm, I'm only speaking for myself. I'm yeah. only speaking from my perspective. Like I'm not, you know, I'm just, spit, I mean, I'm spitting facts. If, if anybody is offended by this, you're listening, you're not listening hard enough. All of what we're saying and everything that has been said on this entire show is entirely for the purpose of checking in. I'm checking in with you. When you have a friend who is a real friend and the concept of somebody who genuinely is loyal to you or genuinely cares for you, they're going to check you and they're going to say, Hey babe, I know that, you know, like I love you, but check your shit. Like, you know, rephrase that or reassess that, or maybe rethink that because when we think about the pressures that our families put on us or that our communities place on us, obviously those things are going to project in various forms as we get older. In our community specifically, it's really overwhelming at times, at least from my perspective. And it could be really overwhelming at times to feel like maybe we're not living the lives that our parents want from us, or we're not living, you know, in the exact same way that our parents might have envisioned us too. And I mean, I definitely struggle with this in like the feeling like I'm not necessarily living my life, but I'm living this life that I've been conditioned to believe that I want. 
And, you know, that's just the part of getting older and going through your twenties. That's just what happens at every time that you make one of those decisions. It is pivotal. And it is so important that you ask yourself whether this is something that you are deciding or if it's something that somebody else has decided for you and conditioned you to believe that like it was your decision. I don't know if that makes sense, but all I'm trying to say is if you're head over heels in love and you really want to be with this person and you are so ready to pull the trigger on that wedding and on the rest of your life, go for it. I only hope that like, you know, you're truly, truly happy, but at the same time, make sure to check in with yourself and realize that yes, it is absolutely titillating and so exciting to have a huge wedding, to get that dress, to have a week and a half long spread on many more productions, Facebook page and all this other fucking bullshit. But at the end of the day, it's just a party and it's just one night and it's going to end. And you wake up tomorrow, sleeping in a bed with someone that you just committed to forever. So it's really important to check in with ourselves, check in with your parents, let them know what your mental state is. Let them know how you're feeling. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah, having genuine conversations with our parents is literally like the most backward shit that we, we can ever attempt to do. But it's important to remember that you need to maintain that autonomy and you need to maintain that free will and make sure that you're not being manipulated or used as a pawn in someone else's social standing or in someone else's like perception of where your family is on some sort of hierarchical ladder. Make sure that the wedding that you're about to have is to celebrate the love that you truly feel, not so that you can, I don't even know, like Vibhuta or like just like create a facade and further this like bullshit narrative. Make sure that it's something that you actually want. Because sometimes you realize that it's not. And even coming to that realization is a huge thing in and of itself. And I commend every single person who's able to wake up and be like, no, I have the autonomy and I know that I live in the 21st century. And if I'm not happy, I can wake up and be like, no, I want to change the everyday pattern of my life because that is entirely in your hands and nobody should be able to take that away from you. Absolutely nobody. It's also important. This goes for anything in life. Yeah. I feel like the most important thing is to put yourself first and to remain true to yourself. That goes for anything from marriage to an education to a career and anything in between. I feel like from such a young age, we're conditioned to think that we have to fit within a certain category or within a certain criteria that we put ourselves last and put everyone else first. And that then leads to regret in the future. We are capable of doing anything we put our minds to. It feels like there's a lot of pressure growing up in our community because everything has to be perfect not only because we're Bukharian, but also because we're the first generation children of immigrants. And that puts a lot of pressure on someone to do things the right way and to make our parents proud and to make our community proud. 
it's funny because the older I got, the more I realized that none of it is that serious. Yep. Like it's really not that serious. Who I date, who I didn't date, who my parents are, where they're from, who my family is like, it's really not that serious. And once you take two steps back and observe everything from a third person's perspective, you kind of realize how funny and how stupid all of this is. It's so primitive. But the people that are balls deep in it are trying so hard to fit within these cookie cutter guidelines. And when they don't fit, they feel like they're inadequate or that they're not good enough. And either they choose to completely dissociate with the community or they completely dissociate with their personal identity and become this completely other person. And it's very unfortunate. It's just very unfortunate because as someone that knows it's not that serious to see people tripping over themselves constantly to try and fit in, it's really unfortunate. Yeah. And that's so much larger than dating. It's just being a person in our community comes with so much pressure and we fail to realize it. And through this pressure comes stuff like mental illness, depression, anxiety. And in some extreme cases, it can lead to drug dependency. It can lead to people completely disappearing and dissociating themselves with, with their family and this community, which is very unfortunate. What we're trying to do is we're trying to keep everyone within this little bubble, like we like to say, to make sure that our community stays strong and to make sure that we stick to these values, these core values that were instilled in us from a young age. But what we fail to realize is we're losing people in the process, both figuratively and literally. We are losing people in the process. For what? Just because we don't fit into these standards of society within our community? That means we have to ostracize people and to make people feel like they don't belong? Being Bukharian is something that I was born into. It's something that's a part of my identity and it will be a part of my identity until the day I die. But unfortunately, growing up, it was something that I was embarrassed of and it was something that I didn't want to associate myself with. And the older I got and the more mature I got, I kind of realized that it's our turn to make a difference. It's our turn to let the previous generation sit in the back seat and for us to get into the driver's seat and to steer the vehicle into the direction that we want it to go. And that ties into everything that we spoke about from relationships to personal identity. And that's the point of what Chai is. It's for us to realize that we are in control now. We can now move this vehicle into the direction that we want it to go to, and we can control the outcome. I always thought growing up that when I get older, I'm going to leave the community, I'm going to move out, I'm going to live my own life, no one's going to know me, no one's going to know anything I do. But I realized that that comes with a toll. If I do that, then my children will have no idea what it's like to grow up in a community with people just like you. 
And I think that that's one of the most important things in the world. So instead of me deciding to not be a part of this community, through meeting you, I realized that the power is in my hands. And all of these things that we're not happy with can be spoken about. And with time and with effort, they can be changed. There is no need for us to live in such tight confines with such strict guidelines. We're all people, we're all individuals. We live in America. Most of us live in New York, which is a monster in and of itself. We fail to realize that. To us, everything is so neatly set up from such a young age. And in a way that sets people up for failure because they're not ready for what life has to bring. Like, they're not ready for what life will bring to them in the future. I'm very thankful for the platform that you created because like we said earlier, it creates room for conversation. It creates room for people from all walks of life that are Bukharian to come together and to sit at the same table and to share their story. And through sharing each other's stories and through listening to each other's stories, we realize one, that we're not alone. And two, we realize how unique we all are. All because we're Bukharian does not mean we're not unique. I just feel like our community makes it difficult to want to be your own person. And that's very unfortunate. I think that through continued support of one another and through conversation and through having an open mind, these things will eventually evolve into something beautiful.